I'm sure everybody has heard the simple advice, which is what it is, which is dispensed in the form of this statement, there are two kinds of people in the world. You've heard that, right? I mean, people say, oh, there are two kinds of people in the world. You know, you read it under memes all over the place. There are two kinds of people in the world. For example, there are people who wear their hats forward and people who wear their hats backward. My children were not allowed to wear their hats backward in my house. One of my rules. They are that kind of people now. All right, next. There are people whose inbox and messages look like the one on the left. By the way, if you're one of those people, raise your hand. I am one of those people. I have thousands and thousands of voicemails that I have not listened to. Because my voicemail instructions say, don't leave me a voicemail. If you want to get in touch with me, text me. And all the old school people go, I don't text. Okay, well, I won't call you back then. That's fine. <laughs> Two can play that game. Then there are people, my, my wife's like the one on the right. They clear everything. Everything's got to be clear. All right, how about this one? Whose alarms look like this? On the left are those people that go, I have to get up at 7. I'll set my alarm for 7. I'm done. Then there are people like me on the right. i got to get up at 7.30. I better set a clock for 7, 7.05, 7.10, 7.15, right? Yeah. All right, how about this one? It's wrapping, Christmas, Christmas present wrapping time, so here's a good one. Who wraps like the left? Nice and tidy and beautiful. Yeah, it's really interesting how many, how many people do that that I wouldn't expect. Which one do you think I am? Yeah, I'm the one on the right. Yeah, just you know, cover with paper. I like the newspaper one where you just wrap it up and you spin it around, you tie it, and then it's done, right? Or you keep it in the Amazon box and go, here, it's wrapped already. Here, take it. All right, this is the last one. Now, this one's a little controversial, but we're among friends, so... Now, the one on the left looks like a mullet. And except for a number of hipsters, nobody wears mullets anymore, okay? I grew up in the mullet era. I had a great one, by the way. There are pictures out there somewhere if you can find them. The one on the right is actually what it looks like on the patent. The toilet paper patent is actually, that's, that's the proper way. But anyway, there are two kinds of people in the world. I hope you figured out. Which one you are, these are obviously oversimplications. I mean, they're 100% accurate oversimplications, but they're oversimplications nonetheless. But anyway, here's another oversimplification that's going to segue us into today's message. There are two kinds of people in the world. People who make a difference and people who make what? Excuses. That's right. That's what we've been talking about for the past three weeks. So the question is... What kind of person do you want to be? Do you want to be the kind of person that makes the world better? Do you want to be the kind of person that makes the people around them better? Or do you want to be the kind of person who lives behind paper walls, who lives behind excuses that we try to pass off as valid reasons? And today is the final installment of our series, Paper Walls, Moving Beyond the Excuses That Hold You Back. So let's pray, and then we can dig in and finish up this series. Heavenly Father, thank you for this series. Thank you for pointing out to us the fact that you've called us for a purpose. You've 
created us with gifts and talents so that we can serve you by serving others. Father, allow us to move past the excuses and the paper walls that hold us back from fulfilling our God-given potential. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we've talked about in this series, there are some things that are worth carrying with us from season to season in life. Things like good friends and, and healthy habits. And then there are things that need to be just jettisoned, dumped once and for all, like our excuses. And in this series, we've seen how excuses are like paper walls. From a distance, they look real. They look substantial. They look like real obstacles. And we act as if they're real obstacles. And when we do that, eventually our becauses become the causes that we hide behind when we wish to avoid certain people, certain places, and certain things. And throughout this series, we have been asking the question, is it possible that there's something good, something beneficial, something that will improve your life or the life of the people you love on the other side of your excuses? As we've talked about, most of our excuses, most of our paper walls are based on fear. And even though we're loath to admit it, many times we put up paper walls because we're so afraid. We're afraid that we'll fail. We're afraid we'll get hurt. And oftentimes the most difficult person to admit that we do that to is to ourselves. Now, I, I don't want you to think this, and I never want you to think this. Don't think I'm up here throwing stones at you. Because I'm throwing them at me, too. Trust me when I tell you from personal experience, I know how this works. I have plenty of fears that feed my own excuses. Fears born of prior bad experiences. Fears born of unfavorable encounters or profound disappointments or letdowns or emotional wounds or even physical traumas. For all of us, no matter what caused our own particular fears we'd rather not go back and experience them again. So as a result, we get stuck. And we never venture down those roads again. And so we rob ourselves and we rob the people who love us of the person whom God created us to be. In a sense, our excuses act like a tapeworm that lives inside of us and saps all of our energy and causes us to slowly waste away bit by bit, eventually leaving us as nothing more than a, a husk of the victor whom Jesus died to make us. See, our excuses make us small and make us selfish and keep us sequestered because our excuses are built upon the lies that we tell ourselves about ourselves. And the funny thing is we can't seem to see it. We can't see them for what they are because we don't think we're lying. We think we're just being rational. Remember I said when we rationalize, we're just telling ourselves rational lies? We think we're being rational. We think we're being reasonable. And when that happens, it doesn't take long before our excuses become our lords. And our excuses become our bosses. Over time, our excuses act as kings telling us what we can and can't do, telling us that we'll be successful or we're going to fail if we dare ignore them. Well, naturally, that causes us to spread the lie of the excuses to everyone around us. 
which results in the world around us missing out on the impact that God designed us to have on it. And not only that, and this is what we're going to be looking at today, it causes us to be at risk of missing out on God's plan for our lives. You see, the Bible teaches us that our God is a personal God. Our God is a personal God who hears our personal, individual prayers. We're told to ask God specifically about ourselves and our prayers. And our God is our heavenly Father, our Father who art in heaven, who has a plan for our individual lives. Now, most people kind of instinctively know this, even if they don't yet realize it. If you have children, God has uniquely gifted you to parent your child, right? You don't go around parenting other people's children. And if you do, please see me afterwards and we can talk about that because that's messed up. When you brought your child home, no one had to tell you. You instinctively knew that God placed you in that role and now you have to parent that child in the way that only you can do it. But it doesn't just work for raising children. It works for a lot of things. If, 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 if you have a specific gift, if you're a musician, if you have a musical gift, which I'm so jealous of people that have a musical gift. I have no musical gift. Or if you're a healthcare provider. Or if you're a lawyer. Heaven help you. Or if you're an accountant. Or a teacher. Or a professor. Or a homeschooling mom. Or a valued employee. Or a committed boss. Or a devoted spouse. Or a devoted partner. If you're any of those things, you, you have... You, instinctively know that you've been uniquely gifted by God to use your gifts to the best of your God-given ability for the benefit of others when you do those jobs or apply those skills. But if you let excuses and paper walls hinder you, everybody suffers. But don't take my word for it. The Apostle Paul, remember, he's the author of nearly half of the New Testament. And before he was called by Jesus, he was known around the region for loathing, for hating, and for persecuting Jesus' followers. It's this Paul that gave us a clear understanding of what we've been talking about. So in writing to the community of Jesus' followers living in Ephesus in the first century, Paul said to them and to us this. This is Ephesians 2.10. We are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. All right, so let's break this down. That's what we do when we read the Bible. We break things down and try to figure out what they're talking about. Paul said that we were created by God the Father for a specific task and for a specific purpose. All right, it's like this. Does everyone recognize this? I can't believe I have to ask that question, but I watch a lot of videos on TikTok and Instagram. Don't watch TikTok, kids, it's bad. But it's interesting, a lot of young generation, they don't know these things that we take for granted as older folk because, you know, what is it? Good, all right. Did anyone not know that? I don't know. When you show people a rotary phone or they have to get in a manual stick shift car, things are a little bit different, but here we are. It's can opener. What's a can opener? A can opener is a tool that was designed, that was invented, that was built for a specific purpose, right? To open cans. Duh, right? Okay. Is this a particularly nice can opener? I guess so. 
right? Doesn't seem like all gunked up with dog food and tomato sauce and things like that, right? It's shiny and new, looks kind of sturdy. But when you're thinking about a can opener, what's the real question? What do you really want to know? Does it open cans, right? That's it, really. That's it. Does it really matter how shiny and new and sturdy it looks? If it doesn't work in opening cans? Not really. I mean, I guess if you're a, like a collector of niche mechanical kitchen tools, it matters. But have you met anybody like that yet? I haven't yet. I'm sure there's going to be a show on TLC about it one day, but not right now. For the rest of us, the only thing that matters about this can opener is, does it do the thing that it was designed to do? A can opener is a created thing but it wouldn't have much utility if it didn't do the thing it was created to do, would it? A can opener is a means to an end. A can opener is a tool that was created for a reason and created with a purpose. A can opener only has meaning in the world if it opens cans. So if you believe there's a God and you believe that he created you, do you think he created you just because? Just Probably not. Not many things in this world were created or are created just because. Even a fidget spinner is created to keep you busy fidgeting. Can you think of anything that was created just because, just to create something? I, I can't. It seems that everything that was created was created for a purpose. Everything that was created was created as a means to an end. So back to Paul's statement. Paul told us that we, you and me and all people, all God's image bearers, were created for a purpose. And anyone who's become a follower of Jesus, anyone who's understood their own sin, their own imperfection, their own inability to live 100% in accordance with God's design, as described for us in the Bible, God's word, because of the brokenness with which we were, with which we were born, anyone who's Notice that, but also has understood that God, out of his love for us, sent us a Savior, Jesus, God the Son, to stand in the gap for us, paying the penalty for our sin and redeeming us from an eternity without God to an eternity connected to God. Anyone who's turned from the way that they were going and turned to a life devoted to following Jesus and has understood and accepted that their purpose is to do the good works which God our creator has prepared for us to do, well, then anyone who's done that knows that's the assignment. Think about it. In describing the group of people created in the image of God who have embraced the new covenant between God and man, who've committed to living their lives in Christ Jesus, who have placed their faith in Jesus and thereby embraced the new covenant between God and man, which directed us to love God and love others, and be God's witnesses. Tell people what we've seen God do in our lives. And make disciples walk alongside of people and help them and encourage them and guide them so they can get to know God better and better. They've thereby adopted and committed to the purpose for which we were created. If you're in, you're in. If you're a Jesus follower, you have been created with a special purpose that is larger than yourself. Jesus' command under this new covenant is to, in essence, live your life in such a way that you will make the world a better place and you will make the people around you better and lead them to your God. So I'm going to put this back up here again. We are God's handiwork, 
created in Christ Jesus. To do what? To do good works. I hope you can see it now. God has something for you to do. And it's not just to be good for goodness sake. It's to be good out of love for God. Out of love for God, it's to be good for the sake of others. Now look at how Paul finished the thought. Which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now this is one of the reasons that the gospel is good news. Gospel means good news. Think about it. God, who breathed this universe into existence, who created everything, who created you, who intimately knows you, that God has a purpose for you. He has a purpose for your life. How sad and how disappointing would it be if you're missing out on that purpose because you're not confident enough or because you're insecure or because you're afraid or because you can't break through your excuses or because you can't break through those paper walls? See, excuses are really not much more than a way of refusing to take responsibility for our lives. And for the followers of Jesus, excuses can become a covert way of resisting the will of God for our lives. Watch this. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus told us, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. You got that? Jesus told us to forgive. Hard stop. That's what he said. Forgive. There's no real interpretation necessary here. But what if you've really, really been wronged? What if somebody has really sinned against you? I'm not going to suggest any examples. We can all think of some action that we consider just unforgivable. Now, if you were talking to a friend and they were to tell us about their example of an unforgivable sin that somebody had done to them, it's really possible that we'd go, wow, I don't blame you. I don't blame you for not forgiving. I wouldn't forgive either. That sounds like a good reason to me. But what would Jesus say about it? Foreshadowing, you're not going to like this. Jesus would say, that's just a paper wall. And I have something that I've planned for your life, but you'll never experience it if you keep hiding behind your excuses. I mean, look at at this verse again. Was Jesus unclear here? Did he equivocate in any way? Did he leave forgiveness up to our discretion? No, he did not. If you're hiding behind that paper wall, you just might miss what God has in store for your life. You might just miss... A blessing from God. And that's why, simply put, our paper walls need to go. So, it's time for us to land this plane. So I want to end the series by looking at five steps for us to take in order to break through the paper walls that hold us back. Now, before we begin, I want to warn you. If you take these steps, you might hurt your own feelings. And if you're a millennial or if you're a Gen Zer going to hurt even more. But I think it'll be worth it. Because if you'll take an honest assessment of yourself, you might also discover something about yourself that could change the direction and trajectory of your whole life. If you do this, your life could change. And it'll benefit you, and it'll benefit all of your relationships. And the people around you, they're not going to be surprised what you've realized. They're not going to be surprised at all when you share with them the excuse that you've decided to jettison 
because they've been aware of it the whole time. They've been aware of the fact that you've been relying upon your lame excuses the whole time, and they're going to be thrilled for you, and they're going to be thrilled for their relationship with you. That whatever you discover about yourself may be new to you, it's not going to be new to the people around you. In fact, when you share what you've discovered, when you share that you've discovered an excuse that isn't really a cause, you may be excited, but the people around you will be so relieved. Oh, thank God you saw it because you've been doing it the whole time. All right, let's go. Here we go. Step number one, you need to first identify your excuses. You can't get rid of it if you can't recognize it. You can't get rid of your excuses if you don't know what they are. Now, the most effective way to identify your excuses is to start by listening to yourself. A lot of times we talk and we don't listen to ourselves, right? But every time you hear yourself say the word because, it's a clue. I can't go because. I won't forgive him or her because. I'm in debt because. I can't tithe to the church because. Start paying attention. They'll jump right out at you. That's step one. Step two, and this is the one you're going to start to hurt your own feelings. Ready? Interrogate your becauses. This means that whenever you hear yourself give a because, start asking your because, the lawyer questions or the journalist questions, they're all the same about your because. Who, what, why, where, when, how? Who did I make that excuse to? What am I afraid of or what am I worried about? Why am I afraid? Why am I worried about it? Where am I afraid to go? When did my fear begin? How do I think things are going to go bad? And how might I be wrong? Interrogate your becauses. And if you'll learn to do this, your answer will clarify whether or not your because is an actual reason. There still are valid reasons in the world. Don't get me wrong. But most of our reasons are just excuses. Most of them are paper walls. Not only that, but interrogating your becauses will begin to reduce their power on you and their power over you. Anytime you can identify a because, it gets weaker. And before long, it becomes unnecessary. And it's easier to cast aside. And here's a free tip. This is actually a skill that can help you in a number of areas in our modern world. Whenever you hear a news story, wherever you read something and you go, eh, it seems fishy. Whenever you see a situation that doesn't seem quite right, it doesn't seem real, and this one's the most important, whenever you read or see or hear something that you're immediately tempted to agree with, oh yeah, that's correct, you can avoid the mistake of confirmation bias. That just means whenever we read something we already believe, we think it's right because we already believe it, that's confirmation bias. But you can avoid that if you just take a step and interrogate it with your who, what, why, where, when, how questions. All right, third step. Relabel your becauses. If you can identify a weak excuse, if you can identify a because, then you can call it what it is. That's not a reason, that's just an excuse. That's a paper wall that I've created. And this is the craziest thing. When you say it out loud, you hear it, it, it hits you differently. If you're the kind of person that says out loud, oh, I stink and I can't do anything and I'm a loser, if you say those things out loud, they actually sink into your brain as if someone else said them to you. So if you say out loud, that's, that's just an excuse. I shouldn't be doing that. That's just a paper wall. I shouldn't be afraid of that. When you say it out loud, it's easier to eliminate. 
And once you take these steps, you can realize that you're the one who created the problem. You're the one who created the because. And because you're the one who created it, you're the one who can tear it down. And then you can know that you're not a victim. You're not a prisoner of whatever happened to you in your past. You're royalty. You're a child of the king. And he's created and called you to do good works for him. And no paper wall is going to stop you. And once you're willing to acknowledge this, then the truth has begun to set you free. Free to love, free to be, free to do, and free to become the person who God created you to be. All right, step number four, ask yourself, what do I lose if I continue to excuse? What am I giving up? What am I walking away from? What am I going to miss out on? Who's going to miss out on me? What's the excuse costing you? And if you write all these revelations down, you'll soon see that the price you'll pay and the price people around you will pay for your excuses and because of your excuses is just too high a price. We only have one opportunity to live in this life, to do so many things. We have one shot. One shot at raising our children. One shot at managing our finances. One shot at supporting our church. One shot at preparing for our futures. One shot at taking care of our health. One shot at forgiving our families. One shot at forgiving our parents. One shot at building healthy and lasting relationships. And one shot at making a positive impact on our world. We cannot afford to let our becauses that aren't really causes hold us back. You don't want to get to the end of your life and look back with regret. So we need to figure out what our excuse is and what's it causing us to lose. Finally, number five, tell somebody about it. This is the hard part because we're private people and we don't want people thinking badly of us. We want people thinking the best of us. But accountability is so important and it is so lacking in our world. There are so many things now that we can do anonymously. We can rage post on social media. I know who you are. I know you're doing it. I follow. We can put our most important relationships at risk by inappropriate interactions with unhealthy and with dangerous people. We can invest our time and treasure in unsuitable things and unsuitable activities. We can lash out at others in ways that will damage our integrity and maybe even damage our very souls. But so much of that can be avoided if we'll just let other people in and ask them to come alongside and walk with us as we do life together. Quick story, I recently celebrated my 30th anniversary of my salvation. And within days of accepting Jesus as my Savior and making Jesus the Lord of my life, a friend told me about the importance of accountability. I had never really been accountable to anyone, but I took that to heart. And before long, I had a small number of people in my life with whom I began to share everything. My struggles, my challenges, my fears, my victories, my plans, my actions. And over the last three decades, these people have been vital to my ability to minimize the excuses upon which I used to rely that kept me from experiencing God's plan for my life. One obvious example of that is this. I'm standing here in front of you today because the people I told about all that stuff helped me break through any paper walls that would have stopped me from stepping up when God called me here out of 
a legal practice almost 20 years ago. For that, I am eternally grateful. And I want that for you too. I want you to experience the same thing. It's so funny that we live in a world now where we think we're just smarter than all of that. I don't need that. I'm too smart. No, you're not. You're not. What if everybody in our community, in our ecclesia, decided to live this way? What if everybody came clean with their excuses? What would happen? How would our community change? How would our families change? How would our world change? It's really important, guys, that we get this down. If you don't deal with it, if you don't identify and eliminate your becauses that aren't causes, if you don't identify and eliminate your excuses, your paper walls, you're going to end up excusing your life away, and you just can't afford to do that. You were created by God as a means to an end, and until you figure out what that end is, there's always going to be something missing in your life because you're an image bearer of God, and you are called by him to bear his purpose for your life. Anything that's an obstacle to discovering what that is and then acting on it needs to be eliminated. You were created to do something in the world and for the world. So you need to decide. No more excuses. And no more hiding. No more paper walls. It's time to admit that even though I'm scared, scared that the same bad thing is going to happen again, scared of the unknown, scared of the other side, that's not a good reason. That's not a good reason to not answer God's call on my life and live for God's purpose in my life. That is just an excuse. It's just a paper wall. Because after all, there are two kinds of people in the world. You and not you. And only you can do what God created you to do. And you don't want to miss that. So let's be done with the paper walls. Life is too short. And God is too great. So would you be willing to identify your paper walls? Would you be willing to interrogate them and then relabel them? Would you spend some time considering what you're giving up and what you're losing? And if you don't, and then would you be willing to tell somebody what you've done? Let's be done with our excuses and our paper walls. Amen? All right, now we're going to close in prayer. And then the band is going to come back up. And they're going to sing one of my favorite songs. This is a song called Deliverer. It was released a few years ago. It's just, listen to the lyrics. As we sing it, pay attention. We waste so much of our time worrying about what danger and disaster life will bring us. And we should be focused on the fact that God, the creator and king of the universe, has a plan and a purpose for each of us. And the lyrics of the song remind us that we don't need to worry. Our God has already delivered us from the pain of death to the abundant life found only through Jesus. Our God is a deliverer, and he can be trusted to be there for us and make our lives impact our world for him. Let's pray, and then the team will lead us. Heavenly Father, I want to see myself the way you see me. As a creation with something to do, as a creation with a purpose, I want to see the way you see me so I can be who you created me to be. Not for my sake, but for your sake. 
and the sake of the people around me and for the sake of our nation and our world. These are things worth taking one season to the next, but excuses aren't among them. To help us leave our excuses behind, God, please remove all the barriers to inviting Jesus, the light of the world, into our lives as you promised so we can know the truth. And your truth can set us free. Set us free to be your ambassadors, to be your hands and feet in a world that so badly needs you. We pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.